0: Welcome to Big Fish Stories, the podcast dedicated to telling the real outdoor stories of adventure, hunting, and fishing. For the outdoors men and women who get lost in the stories around the campfire, this is the place for you. My name is Tyler Hendricks, located in the great state of Idaho. I got my good buddy, Nicholas Turco, um, or Nick Turco, or Turco to me, here with me right now. He's one of the best hunters I know, and pretty much nobody knows about him. So we're going to, we're going to give him his debut here. Um, Nick, tell me a little bit about what got you into the outdoors. Uh, what made you start hunting and fishing? Where did that desire come from? Mm, I don't
1: know. Ever since, like I can remember, I've always enjoyed being outside versus inside, regardless of the weather and. I was always like catching frogs, and you know, always like searching around outside, uh, basically hunting things since I was a little kid. And then uh, it wasn't really in my family to hunt, but through some family friends and neighbors, I uh, slowly got into it as a teenager, and eventually got confident enough to start going on my own and. Just been doing that ever since
0: who who was the original person who started taking you? was it gym
1: uh yeah probably my next door neighbor growing up jim jorgensen yep
0: gosh i got some funny stories about jim mm-hmm. we should have jim on here <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should. he's got some funny stuff you obviously loved being outdoors but what was it about hunting specifically that you were drawn to
1: mm. he came home with a deer one day in october and i saw it hanging in his garage and was like holy shit like I'd seen it on TV and had some other neighbors growing up that hunted but I'd never like seen like a six the you know result of a successful hunt I guess and I was like oh that's sweet that's a lot of meat and um that he went out and got for himself and so I thought that was cool and uh yeah I think the next year he took me out and we I ended up shooting a
0: doe. Yeah. What age was that? <clears throat> I don't know. 13. 14. 13. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. Cause in Idaho, you can have, at the time, you could do youth hunts which had doe or buck tags for 48 and 49. Did you know they took that out this year? Oh, did they? For 48, I believe. Hmm. Uh, you can't do, there's no youth hunts for 48, which I think is weird. First experience was shooting a doe. What did it feel like? like I mean how was the hike Tell me a little bit about the story of your first your first year
1: uh honestly I didn't really like it I felt super bad mm-hmm. um, and like kind of decided for a while that uh, like I didn't I didn't have any interest in hunting and um,
0: why what what caught what what was it like? Did it feel too easy? Did it not feel fair? What What were your feelings? Oh, uh, man, we're getting into Nick Turco feelings. Yeah, I
1: was just like, yeah, I didn't like the, like, killing aspect of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, like, appreciated having the meat and really enjoyed, like, that's why I got into, like, it felt fairly easy, mm-hmm. you know? And so after that, I, like focused more on the like trophy hunting Mm -hmm. style where like, yeah, I enjoy the meat and everything, but I'm like making it more difficult if for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's more rewarding that way to me.
0: What was your first hunt that you were like, I like this.
1: It was the first like deer that I shot by myself. It was long ways back. I was a, like junior in high school, I think, um, <clears throat> during a blizzard on opening day, ran into two other hunters, like in their forties, way, 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 <laughs> you know, up at like 10,000 feet. Yeah. And they were like, what is this can't kid <laughs> <up> here, <laughs> you know? At what age was this? Uh, I was a junior. So I don't know, 16. Jeez. Something like that. And you were up at 10,000
0: feet hunting.
1: Yeah. And, uh,
0: why? Like what, was it just like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to the very top?
1: No, I'd seen some -hmm. bucks up there when I was archery hunting for Mm -hmm. elk earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was determined to get up there on opening day, no matter what. And it it snowed about, I don't know, eight to 10 inches that morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up running into those bucks and I shot one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And you were hooked? Yeah, um, well, at first I was like, oh. <laughs> I really don't have any idea right?
0: what I'm going to do here. But, right. And yeah, just cut it up and. Yeah, just cut it in all directions and brought it down. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Were you able to drag it whole or quartered out?
1: I quartered it. Yeah. Yep.
0: Gosh. And you ran up, to, why Why didn't the other hunters take the deer? Did they even see him? I don't think they saw him, no. Gotcha. So that was when you were 15, 16 years old. Um, and how that buck was actually a good buck. How big was that thing?
1: Yeah. I was like a one seventy four point.
0: Jeez. Yeah. Um, and since then you've obviously taken a lot bigger animals. Uh, what was your first successful, uh, um, archery elk hunt?
1: Um, I was in college going to university of Idaho and, um, had found a, a spot that I could drive to from Moscow within a day. And, um, like that country sucks to hunt in mm-hmm. my opinion, you know, it's basically farm ground the police, mm-hmm. you know, and like,
0: so for the general population, they would love it, but for you, uh, it's not 10,000 feet. Well, it's just like, I,
1: I don't know how to hunt areas that are easy to access, mm-hmm. you know? It's easier just to like get away from from people than find these little pockets that elk go to when they're pressured. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I had found this spot, and uh, let's see. I spent the night up there, and hadn't really seen any elk or heard any bugles. This was opening day. Eating lunch on a rock, like overlooking this big basin, kind of. With my calls, you know, just cow calling and bugling every once in a while. And I heard a squirrel chatter below me, which I knew like those those things would give away anything oh, yeah. moving around, you know, mm-hmm. like hunter, elk, doesn't matter. right? You know, I like, kind of clicked. I was like, hmm, there's, there might be something moving around down there. Mm-hmm. Didn't really think much of it. Kept like eating lunch and fucking around with my calls. And then I see something out of the corner of my eye and I look and it's a bull Mm -hmm. just walking like straight, straight to me through the up through the trees, gets on the ridge that I'm on this like little rock outcropping. And my bow is like 10 feet behind me. Mm -hmm. He pegs me obviously and as I'm like trying to creep back and get my bow. And he he let me get Sorry, I
0: missed that. You didn't have your bow with you? No, it
1: was like 10 feet behind me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) and somehow was it because he was like he'd look at me and then he'd look around and I was able to get like pretty close to it and then he eventually like pegged me about the time I had it Mm -hmm. um and as I was trying to get an arrow knocked Mm -hmm. he like started to spook and I cow called and he stopped broadside and looked back at me as I was able to draw back and Mm (laughs) once yeah able to slip one through him yeah uh how big was it he was like a five by six it was cool yeah yeah he made it like 30 yards and piled up and yeah felt good
0: that's awesome Uh, tell me a little bit for people who don't know like we're hunting in we're hunting in the northwest we're hunting in high elevation mountains um we're not sitting in tree stands uh Tell me a little bit about the shape that you have to be in to get to the places that you're going. I mean,
1: it, it helps. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> when I started hot like all you do in that job is hike with a heavy pack on mm-hmm. and a chainsaw all day, every day, all summer long. And so after my first season of that, I was like, elk hunting like holy shit i can like go wherever fuck i want you know and right it's super easy mm-hmm. and to get one out of like i could get one out of pretty much anywhere by myself it mm-hmm. might take a day or two but um so that's when i like appreciated how valuable it is to, i guess to be in good shape yeah
0: mm-hmm. well tell me so that so that people understand the type of shape you have to be in, um, tell me about like the last marathon that you ran.
1: Uh, the I ran a Stand Hope Ultra Marathon this summer, which was like I don't know thirty six miles, mm-hmm. something like that. I can't remember. I think you gained twelve thousand feet and then lose.
0: 13, 14. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember, but it it was brutal. And do you feel like you specifically have to train for that? Or are you ready to do it when you need to? I did not. <laughs> I did <laughs> not train for that at all, which yeah. was stupid. But you got it in less than 10 hours. Right. Right at 10 hours. Yeah. So you're ready to run a high elevation or a uh, a lot of elevation gain marathon at any given time right now, if you had to. Yeah, but, like, I I could not walk for a couple days after that. Right. My body is not used to that at all. So, yeah, there's different levels to this hunting game. And I feel like like when you say it makes it easier for you, it's because you're getting to places that barely anyone is touching. Um, At least that's how it's been, you know, before – the last couple of years. This year's a little weird because it seems like everyone's getting to these crazy places. Yeah. Um, so tell me about uh, a hunt that you've had that you felt like you couldn't get something out. Can you think
1: of any? No, I've, I've, I've.
0: I'm thinking of the sh- big bull in Wyoming.
1: Yeah. Wyoming. Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I knew we were going to get them out, but it was, it was going to maybe suck a lot more than it. Did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got pretty lucky. Um, some some mules came through and helped us out quite a bit. Oh,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. How would it have been without them? I mean, you've called me at different times and been like, can you please bring your four-wheeler to this checkpoint? Oh, and- yeah. I
1: mean, make it as easy as possible no matter what, you <laughs> yeah. know, but it, it's always going to suck for the most part. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Tell me about the Wyoming hunt. 'Cause that's that's your biggest bull, right?
1: Yeah. What that bull score? 377, 377, something, something like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Tell me about that hunt.
1: Um Yeah, drew a general Wyoming tag and uh elk tag and uh went over there with a good friend uh that I work with and um he had hunted a, a similar area before and been successful. And we, we just got really, really, really deep and set up a spike camp um, on foot and then hunted from there. And um, it was incredible. I, I, we saw a lot of elk, dude, <laughs> a lot of elk. Yeah. Um, and I-
0: Why is that area so plentiful f- f- with an open season? it's a lottery no it's not it's a point system
1: yeah um Wyoming I think does a really really good job like probably the best job of any state of like management gave management Mm -hmm. and like catering to their residents Mm -hmm. um as a non-resident like it was a general tag but I still had to apply for it and you can't get one every year it's like every other year or Mm -hmm. something like that gotcha just for a general tag you know that a not or that a resident can just buy over
0: the counter so not even like a trophy unit or anything like that regular tag but you're still seeing a load of elk
1: yeah and granted like that's part of that a lot of that was where we were I mean we were in deep like Mm -hmm. And, and it, a lot of it was not accessible by horses, which is why like mules helped us quite a bit, but mm-hmm. we still had to pack those elk like 2,000 vertical feet up a ridge, mm-hmm. um, just to get to the mules, you know, mm-hmm. uh,
0: and for, that's why for, there
1: were a lot of elk in there.
0: For those who don't know, cause I know a lot of people don't get to do the type of elk hunting that we do, um, how many pounds are you looking at and how many trips does it take to get an animal like that out?
1: Um, you know, it's probably like a boned out elk with like the skull of a big bull weighs a lot. I mean, that's for sure the worst load. Mm-hmm. It's constantly like snagging on everything and yeah. just tripping you. and um,
0: But you can't leave it.
1: I mean, I, no, <laughs> no, it's usually the last to come out, but, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. You're probably pushing like 400 pounds of boned out meat, 300, maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you're right around a hundred pounds on each pack.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Boned out probably 300 pounds. Yeah. God. Yeah. Cause, cause I've done, no, I've done, well, and it depends on the size of a bowl. Like mm-hmm. I've shot a little raghorn with my bow that we got out one bull and one trip, you know, mm-hmm. two people. So basically two quarters each trip or whatever half an elk.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a lot and I don't think I don't think people realize what it takes sometimes to get these animals out. What would you say primarily is your animal that you love to hunt? Do you love elk hunting, deer hunting? You don't do a lot of bear or anything like that?
1: No, um, I have been super fortunate to go with some friends on, uh, sheep hunts twice, mm-hmm. um, both successful and both like really intense. Yeah. Tough. Like, I really could get into that, you mm-hmm. know, it's tough. Cause you don't, you know, I, I put in
0: every year, but I've never drawn a sheep tag. Tell but us I, how it works for Idaho. Uh, are you talking about Idaho? no oh iowa oh never idaho (laughs) 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 so you sheep hunt in iowa yeah (laughs) how does the like the tags work for uh like i think it's moose bighorn sheep and mountain goats right yeah they're once in a lifetime tags yeah so you get it you shoot your animal and then you're done
1: with that uh you can i think shoot both species for some like moose or something i don't know okay what does that mean like like you can you can potentially draw a bull tag and a different year a cow tag or vice versa okay
0: gotcha i didn't realize that i don't know if that's a case
1: for sheep okay
0: (laughs) yeah how not interested how's the sheep hunting differed from elk hunting
1: I mean, it's just the places that you end up going for those animals. They live in some really, really, really gnarly remote places. (sighs) They're fucking badass animals to live up there. And just like the adventure that it takes to even get into their domain, you Mm -hmm. know? Gotcha. You can drive out any canyon and get into deer and elk out here, but to go sheep hunt like Alaska residents can hunt doll sheep over the counter every year, the same way we hunt deer and elk. Wow. Are age. you not there? Uh, that's uh, possibly in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Like, seriously. That's awesome. I that would be so
0: rad. You're just sending people to Alaska instead of Idaho right now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, Alaska would be awesome. Just, uh, I mean, my favorite animal to eat is moose. Uh, to me, like moose meat is the best, but yeah. I haven't had I haven't had sheep or anything like that. Um, but yeah, being able to shoot a moose every year in a state would yeah. be so fun. I don't know what you do with all that meat, dude. Those things are like the size of a horse. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's <sighs> crazy. Um, yeah, but it's so good. I would eat it every day. I think Ugh. at least like a moose steak. Anyways. <laughs> um, dreaming now, I mean, they are delicious. They're so good. Um, okay. So here you're, you've shot some very big deer, very big elk. Um, the biggest deer that you shot is the, the story that a lot of residents know about, uh, around here. Right. That is, is that the bigger one or did, was the year after the bigger one?
1: Um, I've got a couple right in that like mid one
0: nineties. Yeah um the one that the specific one that i'm thinking of is the one that you had already done your morning hunt and then you spotted this massive buck from the road right yeah okay tell me that story because Uh, a lot of and for those you know there's a lot of people who will listen or download and 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 won't know the full scope of this story but around here this story floats around often and nick may not hear about it but i hear about it from a lot of different people (laughs) being like did you see did you you know this guy shot a 190 buck right out from under me like there were other people hunting this deer and nick just happened to have the drop on it uh tell me tell me a little bit of this story uh
1: yeah i just uh it was opening day and i I didn't really have any other plans, so I went up this area that um, is well known, but it like continuously happens to produce like some nice deer mm-hmm. um, every once in a while one gets big enough to get like really nice, you know, but mm-hmm. um watched a couple like one sixty one seventy points get smoked first thing in the morning by the group I was. zoo up there (laughs) people shooting like decent little four points you know like whatever i get a phone call happen to have cell service um and my buddy had shot an elk and needed help packing it out and i was like all right well i'm deer hunting but i'll make my way back down to the truck and head your way you Mm know um so i get back down to my truck and i'm driving out And at this point it's like 11 in the morning Mm -hmm. probably.
0: And, uh, which is abnormal to see a big deer, you know, first part of the season. Yeah. This is at 11.
1: So I, I'm driving out and there's this big avalanche shoot that goes way, way, way up like 3000 feet up the, up to the top of this ridge straight down to the road. And I'd, I'd seen deer in, in that avalanche sheet in the past. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I better glass this real quick. Like, what are the odds 11 o'clock in the morning? (laughs) You know, the sun's out. Right. And sure enough, there's a deer way of way at the top. And so I'm like, shit. All right. Get my spotting scope on him. And I, all I see is like a a decent frame with like some stickers, like obvious stickers. And at that range, you know, I was like, just Christ, out <laughs> through my spotting scope in the truck and uh-huh. grabbed my rifle and <laughs> took off running. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know that deer was feeding out on an open sagebrush hillside and there was one truck already parked right there Yeah, at the bottom of the chute. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously somebody's up here right. and there's not a, <laughs> In chance in hell that somebody else doesn't see Ready. this monster <laughs> buck standing in an open on an open hillside. Yep. I'm like, but I'm gonna give it hell anyways. And mm-hmm. I the buck was so the the buck was probably two to twenty five hundred feet off the from the road, you yep. know, and yep. I needed to get above him mm-hmm. um and sneak down. He i made it like a third maybe half the way up and i glassed him and he had bedded down on that open hillside right next so there was just one lone pine tree yep. on this open hillside uh-huh. and he was next to that it's like god how yeah i was close to halfway yep and nobody has shot this deer yet and i'm like <laughs> how is it how? possible how how has <laughs> right. whoever's parked right here and as it turns out he was like just below kind of where the ridge rolled off and those hunters those other hunters ended up being on the very top yep. I think they spent the night up there yeah and so that deer was just below the you know yeah yeah where it broke right over, below yeah I got right
0: you below that. him, basically yeah they just wouldn't be able to see them unless they peeked over yeah. that edge
1: well that buck must have been with another buck that fed out where they could see it because mm-hmm. I, I was like two thirds of the way up to where I want to be mm-hmm. I'm booking it. This is all within, I ended up from the time I left my truck to the time I was in position yeah. to shoot this buck was, um, like 45 minutes Yeah, and, um, I'm like two thirds of the way up there and I hear boom <laughs> gunshot, oh. like right where, yeah. This buck wasn't. I'm like, son of a bitch. You know, I'm. I'm like somebody.
0: So rightfully ring, so. You're Some- dry heaving up the mountain. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. It out from under you.
1: Well, I mean, I'm like, if they've been up here that long, they've probably been stalking yeah. it. You know, whatever. Yeah. It's.
0: It's there. Yeah. Whoever sees it at that point. Yeah. It, yeah.
1: But whatever you were
0: technically the one stealing their buck.
1: <laughs> I mean, it turns out that they'd seen that buck before. Yeah. I didn't know this at the time, but uh-huh. you know. Anyways, I'm like, damn, bummer, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, this buck comes barreling over the ridge, mm-hmm. this little finger ridge, mm-hmm. right towards me, and I'm throwing my binoculars up, and it's not the same buck. Mm-hmm. This this buck that's running towards me is like cobbling mm-hmm. wounded. And it like sees me and stops and then just beds down mm. right on the side of this little finger ridge right mm-hmm. in front of me. And I'm like, it's a night, you know, decent, like another 170, yeah. four point. You oh know? yeah,
0: just a 170.
1: No <laughs> <big deal. laughs> Compared to the buck he was, sure, you know, right. probably right. with, who knows. Yep. Anyways, these two hunters come eventually. I'm like standing there for a minute, like what well, do I do this mm-hmm. buck bedded down right in front of me. He's not dead, but mm-hmm. he's obviously you know, Mm -hmm. not doing well. Right. And it's not the buck that I, and and then I'm looking around and I can't immediately see the buck I was after Mm because of that little finger ridge. I'm like, did he just go barreling out of here? Anyways, those two hunters come over looking for their deer. They see their deer bedded down right in front of me and finish it off, Mm -hmm. bedded down. And I just kind of waved to him and boogied up the ridge, got Uh above him, got over to where I wanted to get. On that deer even though i didn't i don't i didn't know he was still there right
0: why would he be
1: after yeah. all that and he was laying right in that Gosh. bed right exactly where uh where he was which i've that's not the first time i've seen like a big big buck they're do that stationary they're just like I'm not i don't know what moving. i don't know what just happened but right. i'm not in moving oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i've seen that even with like I've been looking across the ridge, especially especially in the first few days of the season uh, because it seems like they're trying to figure out what's going on, but they know the safest route for them is to not move. Yeah. Um, because I've witnessed big bucks, even herds of big bucks, uh, where you're looking across the ridge and you watch hunters go up and you know that the bucks are there. You're looking at them and they just don't move. They even will bed down and let the hunters pass. As soon as the hunters pass, they start moving again. Yeah. But anyways. Continue.
1: Um, yeah, anyways, I got above this buck and it was like super, super steep. Mm-hmm. Um like up in the the alpine, you know, and like pretty much straight straight up and down shot or that's what it felt like. Yeah. And uh long story short, I think it was 125 yards. I shot over his back shooting, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much straight down on him. Yep. And uh saw the dirt explode right, you know, right over him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know where it came from. And he barreled like contour below me mm-hmm. instead of away from me, you know?
0: What did it feel like on <laughs> when you knew you missed?
1: <laughs> uh, well, honestly, it was a brand new rifle uh-huh. that I had just sighted in, yep. you know, maybe a week before I'd shot it. I'd shot it, I'd like broken in the barrel mm-hmm. and like sighted it in, but it was not... The rifle that i was used to shooting especially in like that sort of awkward position and
0: well in the moment too especially with those types of shots you want to be familiar with something yeah you get familiar with a certain gun that you shoot and uh and if you change at the last minute and you're unfamiliar it's just a tiny little thing that can throw you off
1: yeah i don't know you know i i wasn't bummed honestly i just went into like i got
0: i gotta do something mode
1: buckle up mother here <laughs> f- i gotta sh- i gotta kill this deer right. somehow he's running below me yep. and like i couldn't see him because it was like on the ridge that i was on and but i could see him when he came out the other side mm-hmm. he stopped for just a minute again super awkward mm-hmm. couldn't range it guessed missed and he kept running away from me. And then he got on another finger ridge mm-hmm. and he stopped and looked back again. And it was the same thing at this point. I'm like kind of half laying, half crouching. It's across, it's probably 300 yards. Mm-hmm. I was just guessing. Shot over his back. And he ran all the way back. And I realized at this point. Wait, so he had
0: run did he do like a circle or was he just
1: zigzagging he he ran below me and across stopped Mm -hmm. i shot missed and he was running right back the way (laughs) instead of going over that ridge for some reason he it spooked him and he ran right back around basically right below me where gosh the exact same path (laughs) that he had just taken you know yeah and i like scooted down the ridge a little bit mm-hmm. more because i could see him coming i was like he's gonna cross right below me right yep. where he did and i couldn't quite see him because of where it was on the ridge yeah i was able to range it and again it was like straight up and down mm-hmm. um and he, here he comes like boogieing mm-hmm. right right below me and right when he like got up on the ridge and i had a clear shot i like yipped yep. like a little Yip. yep and he stopped and i Was actually just like (laughs) freehand, and I knew it was a good shot. Like as soon as the gun went off, I was like, "God, you like, uh -uh, you're not getting away." Dude took up like the whole scope. Gosh, Um, (laughs) and he just bailed straight downhill, Uh which ended up being like this rocky, cliffy, nasty, um, you know, super steep. Yep, shoot, basically. Um, and I went, and that was my last bullet. I only had like <laughs> whatever, however many fits in right. magazine of a the rifle. World. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure that was a good shot, but uh-huh. I don't, <laughs> I hope he's dead. Cause I'm out of ammo at this point.
0: And he's a big enough deer that you'd have to chase him down and tackle him if it were the case. Oh God. Wounded.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> and i came down and as soon as i like broke over the edge where where he disappeared i was like oh my god like it's so steep and like there's blood and i'm like like a lot of it and i'm like all right good you know and i'm making my way right down the blood trail and i find his whole antler his whole (laughs) left i can't remember yeah i think it was his left side Uh giant huge like four point frame (laughs) with a bunch of cheaters broken off like right at the base Uh (laughs) and i'm like
0: what is what
1: and there's no deer in sight it's just like a red carpet down this like shoot basically and uh got down there and yeah he was dead um and the antler like broke right at the base i'm assuming when he like tumbled down that Mm -hmm. Um, hit a rock just right. Yeah. I don't know. It's cr- That's <laughs> crazy. crazy. Of course piece it happened back together. Yeah. I sent it, uh, to my, one of my really good buddies. Um, his brother is a, like a taxidermist yeah. and he put like a rod in like the base of the antler yeah. that goes up into the actual antler and oh, like put cool. putty in like, you can, you cannot tell that it ever broke he that's did an awesome. incredible job yeah he's the man that's
0: pretty cool that's awesome yeah yeah I uh I know like there's a lot of uh, of Hunters that I've been with that are pretty laid back pretty chill um that's not you uh when I went with you I actually lied I did go with you a second time because I was struggling to find a bull and I'll still say this is one of the funnest hunts I've ever had, but we didn't get anything, but I still had the most fun. And it was because of the intensity that you had. Um, I remember we hiked up this ridge and we were trying to look for elk and you were doing a little bit of calling and we look over and see a bull on a ridge. He didn't make, he didn't make any bugles, nothing. He was just standing on a ridge and you looked at me and got really intense. And you were like, you see that thing? We're killing that thing. I was yep. like, okay, okay, here we go. And uh, you were like, go, go. Like it it felt like a mad sprint. If it were just me, <laughs> I would have looked at that thing and been like, okay, I got I'm gonna come back up here. I'll camp up here. Like, I can't make it over there in this amount of time. Uh, but you were like, no, we're getting to that ridge. So we blast over to this ridge. And the whole time, I've 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 seen people, you know, I've seen people do aggressive calling. I've never seen this type of aggressive calling. You were on your hands and knees throwing dirt behind you. You had a stick, you're whacking trees, you're in the bushes, like making all this noise. Which now I know is the way you should call elk in, especially if they're getting aggressive. Um and so we blasted over to this, and I'm looking back at you, and you're looking like a maniac trying to call this elk in. And he's not moving, he's just on the ridge, like digging up dirt, he's not doing much. But I'm sneaking ahead of you, trying to trying to maneuver my way from like pine tree to pine tree because he's out in the open on the sagebrush. And I got within probably 15 yards, but had no shot because there was a giant piece of sagebrush in the way. And one of the, one of his cows spooked and turned and went, and he went with her. Um, but I remember thinking that was the funnest hunt I've ever had. And it was because of that intensity that you had during it. So I've actually applied that to a lot of my hunting where when I think, I think I can't go that next ridge or I can't reach that animal. I think of that moment and I like build it up inside me. Like, no, I'm going for that thing. I'm getting that thing. And I think it's proved to be a successful way to do it. I think a lot of people see something that looks too far. They can't obtain it. And, they stop short. They don't go that extra ridge. They don't go that extra mile. Um, and they never end up seeing, seeing the big animals. So that's a good life lesson right there, Turco that yeah. you gave to me. Can you imagine <laughs> that? Yeah. yeah man, so it's uh send it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. Um, so yeah, these have been, these have been great stories and that's all, that's all this podcast is. You gonna come back? Did it freak you out?
1: Yeah, it's weird.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's all we got. Um, nope. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate yeah, thanks. It. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll have you back uh, like next week maybe. No. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Maybe sometime. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate yep. it.